Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Beyond the Couch presented by Bridges Mental Health. This is Diana and we've got Sam and I'm Christy. We've got the, the group together today and we're here to talk about stress and burnout, a topic that I'm sure a lot of you are experiencing or have experienced at some point in the past 18 months. (laughs) Let's talk about what we've been experiencing ourselves and also what we've been hearing from our own clients. I know it's definitely a common topic for sessions that I'm having with clients and also um, in talking to some some of my corporate clients, that's definitely a very common presentation that they request. <laughs> Can you talk about stress and burnout, please? <laughs> Coping strategies, please. So if you're feeling it, you are not alone. Yeah, this is such a huge topic and something that comes up a lot. I think, especially probably with the population that we work with, a lot of peace-identified folks, um, I think burnout is a major factor that comes up a lot with things like perfectionism, workaholism, but in general, I think it's come up more even just with everybody in life. When we think about the way that the pandemic is continuing to impact us, you know, we have gone so long not living life in the way that we're really used to, or many of us would prefer that. I know a lot of people will have told me things these last 18 months about, you know, I'm not even necessarily working more than I was before, but I'm just feeling so burnt out and so overwhelmed. And I think that plays into, you know, a lot of the larger societal factors that might impact feelings of burnout, you know, things that are happening in the world that are really upsetting, things that are totally outside of our control and are stressful that, you know, feeling burnt out and stressed about it is actually a really normal reaction to have. One thing I often think about is we view ourselves as like, what's wrong with me or like what's coming up with me where I'm so stressed out or my productivity has gone down. But when I think or zoom out a little bit, there's so many big picture societal factors that are at play that can be more problematic or the source of more dysfunction than us individually. And that piece of like burnout being a sign that something isn't working well, or we're not feeling well, whether that's related to work and productivity, but also how we talk to ourselves, whether we're nourishing ourselves with yummy food and leisure and like free time meaningfully, rather than just free time that we use to produce more or to make more money on the side or to see more people. I think we often overlook how meaningful it is to find rest. Yeah. This brings to mind this metaphor, I guess it is. Uh, I heard someone explain resilience in this way, just like you have this resilience bank account almost, right? And every day you're making withdrawals and deposits. And if you're not making deposits and you're just sort of like withdrawing every day, whether it's like, oh, this other project got added to my to-dos, you know, my child got sick and I don't have childcare. Now my boss, you know, said this thing about me or someone on the street harassed me, like all these sort of withdrawals over time. And if you're not resting or adding back to your resilience bank account, then this is like the path towards burning out, right? Like in, in all these different ways that we can be affected by our environment, like Christy, like you said, it can be our own thoughts, but also what's happening around us at any given moment. Within that metaphor, a lot of us imagine we need to get to zero to actually deserve or earn the rest Mm -hmm. when so much of it is doing it more preventively. 
where we're getting early signs that we're maybe starting to burn out and that if we kept going in this way for the next two, three weeks that we would for sure burn out, but why not do something restorative now or more regularly so we don't get to that point? I hear often people saying like, if I only just get my to-do list down to zero, or if I just finish this whole project, then I can rest and be happy, or then I can do what I want to do. And if we challenge that a little bit, we never could actually get to that point. We always add more things to our list. And even if we were to get it down to zero, we're so exhausted and depleted that all we might be able to manage to do is sleep. Yeah. And Christy, I think that that, what you just mentioned at the end, there is a major sign of burnout. You know, one thing that I always notice the most when I'm feeling burnt out or getting at that point where I really need to figure out a way to get myself some more rest and some care is when I find myself using my free time that I want so bad. And I daydream about, and all I can really do is veg out and numb out and I'm not meaningfully spending it with friends or I'm not using that time to actually do things that are restful. I think that that is a major sign of burnout, at least for me. Yeah. You know, when you get to that point where all you can do is physically rest, it is kind of like the sign of a chronic burnout. Going back to what you said, Christy, about allowing ourselves to rest in a more preventative way. I think it just goes back to this culture of glorifying overwork, right? Mm -hmm. Especially living in New York City. People come here, people move here for their careers and to excel. And so there's this mindset of I'm here to, to like, I don't know, achieve, to be the best that I can be. And tied up with that mentality is this like feeling that if I'm not working towards something, then I'm not achieving, right? Mm -hmm. And then resting gets deprioritized as like, you know what, I'll, I'll, what is it? I'll sleep when I die or something, you know, Mm -hmm. like there is that sort of mentality with a lot of people that are in New York city. It's just makes it hard for you to intentionally decide to step off of that treadmill of like, okay, I just got to keep working. Yeah. I use this example in session with clients all the time, but many years ago I was in a yoga class and We were meant to be laying in Shavasana and the yoga instructor was talking about, and this was happening in New York, I should say, the yoga instructor was talking about how Shavasana is the most difficult pose for people to really embrace because nobody wants to just lie in corpse and relax and rest their body. And as he's saying this, I'm lying and I'm kind of looking to the women on both sides of me and they're both practicing their handstands. And it felt so funny and profound to me of like, wow, as this person is talking about how nobody at the end of a yoga class can allow themselves to rest and just lie. And that instead we feel like we have to pretzel ourselves and push ourselves and practice our handstands during the time where we're not supposed to. I feel like it's so relevant to kind of the work culture here and the like work hard, play hard mentality that, that many people who live in big cities like New York feel. Yeah. Like having this need to optimize constantly. Right. Like making every minute of your life be valuable or like showing for it. A lot of people might feel like talking around self-care or like, what are you going to do to take care of yourself today? Might feel a bit cliche or trite in some ways, but the point of it too, like you're saying, Sam, is that a lot of people still don't do it. Then they feel the effects of that. Actually doing the thing or like taking the rest when it's available to us is still so hard, even if we hear it all the time. And even self-care gets optimized too. Even what you described, I'm sure these people that 
went to your yoga class, we're going there for self-care and like, okay, but I'm really going to maximize self-care time and really mm-hmm. strengthen myself. I think a lot of the performance or showing how we're spending our time gets exacerbated through work or through social media, where a lot of our life is to be seen by other people, or that we need to show how much time we're spending on certain projects at work so that it's billable or so that our bosses are happy with us. Like you mentioned, Diana, like a lot of your corporate clients wanting presentations on burnout or stress, and it's kind of giving individuals tools to cope with how problematic some expectations of capitalism can be. And rather than maybe looking at the structural issues that are actually contributing to burnout, like having intense hours throughout the week or little vacation days, or maybe you have unlimited PTO, but the culture frowns upon people who take it. And so sometimes it's frustrating to see individuals or clients coming in blaming themselves for a huge societal issue that we're all burdened with. Yeah, I think this is one thing that comes up a lot as all of our perspectives being informed by in some ways, feminism and multiculturalism is the ways in which what is happening in our environments that we're living in affects us psychologically. And I think Christy, your point that many people often blame themselves or say, what am I doing wrong that I'm feeling this way? When the truth is that, and oftentimes these conversations come back back to it, it's, it's just a product of capitalism and the ways in which we've internalized this little capitalist who lives inside of our head, who's always telling us that we need to be doing more. And that so much of the work is actually empowering ourselves to to fight that voice a little bit or to give ourselves another option and say, I could spend all night, stay up until 11 o'clock, making sure that every email in my inbox is read and, and not waiting for me. And that's still, I might wake up in the morning with 10 unread emails that were sent to me while I was sleeping. And this question of sometimes it does involve a little bit of a sacrifice or again, some energy to to push back and make these things happen. But oftentimes it is being fueled by these larger systems that we're not always in total control of. And I think that's definitely something that, you know, we don't have an answer to the the larger structures that are promoting this sort of mass burnout. And that's a, a much larger issue, but I definitely am curious to find out from you guys, like what tips that we can offer to our listeners, because yes, on the one hand, structures need to change and there may, you know, that's something that either will take time or require people to think through, like making different choices about work, but just generally speaking right now, maybe we can offer some tips to our listeners. Yeah. One place that I tend to start at is your own individual values, like what you really derive meaning from in your life. And that can be community, free time, walking out in nature, whatever those things are, and recognizing that they might differ, maybe extremely from the societal values of productivity and creating value or or proving worth. But if yours are different, and you find yourself working in a very capitalist or high expectation environment, honoring that you might not say yes to a certain project or meet a certain deadline if it's out of choice because you're prioritizing your life in alignment with your own values. Doing a lot of boundaries work around 
work-life balance, but also self-care is like sometimes we are so pulled by the tension of discomfort that if someone's asking me to do something and I'm so tired, but I still do it because I don't want them to feel bad or I don't want my boss to have this bad impression of me. And sometimes it's worth it to feel that discomfort if especially you're acting in line with what's most important to you. Then it's harder to feel that burnout, even if it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Building off of what you shared, Christy, it it reminds me a little bit of what you're describing, this feeling of like, am I really acting within the things that are important to me or am I enacting something that might be important to other people or maybe what other people told me should be important to me? And we use this language sometimes as identifying it as a carried feeling. So it's something that maybe I've inherited from a person in my life that maybe society is telling me work should be the most important thing of your life. And it is what defines you, whatever that might be. Taking a moment to actually identify that as being a carried feeling and not one that is inherent to something that's actually meaningful or important to you can be really helpful, giving yourself a little bit of permission to release it or to start doing things that might lead you to the process of releasing it. Yeah. I think all this is like really important, but also very hard, you know, in the middle of a very busy day to really take the time to step out of your automatic behavior, right? Of like, okay, what's the next thing I need to get done? And now what's the next thing I need to get done? And so I think maybe being able to have these pauses throughout the day, and I know it's it's a difficult new pattern to get into, but sometimes I, you know, encourage people to set timers on their phones, like, intentional pause in the day. How am I feeling? You know, how am I feeling right now? Am I feeling overwhelmed? Am I feeling like really motivated? You know, what is your feeling in that moment? And being able to get a better sense of how you're doing instead of just being in action mode all the time, because it's only when we're pausing that we're able to see and like, are we acting in alignment with our values? Are we ignoring our own body's wants and needs? You know, I don't know how many times this has happened, but in the past, when I worked in my previous jobs, sometimes I'd realized I really have to go to the bathroom and it's been like hours. And I don't know how I've just been ignoring that need to go. And now I have to go so badly. My body was telling me all along that I had to go, but I was just like, no, 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 I got to keep working and focusing. Right. And so I think that happens a lot of times when you're just so absorbed and trying to get through your to-do list. So practicing pausing, you know, during mm-hmm. your day. Yeah. And that means a real pause because I, and I did this when I worked a desk job and Diana, I really relate to that. I used to constantly work through lunch and I would look up and it would be, you know, four 30 and I realized yeah. I hadn't eaten anything. And then I had a headache or I felt sick because of it, because I had been mm-hmm. so out of touch with my body and what it, was telling me that I actually needed, which was nourishment. When we say take a pause, it's not take a pause and look at your phone and scroll through Instagram. It's not take a pause and listen to a podcast. We mean like really silence, sit with yourself, maybe find a body scan, like a quick five minute one online to help lead you through something that you can actually check in and say, okay, what am I really feeling? Because I think we can confuse breaks and filling those breaks with other things versus really kind of checking in with ourselves and seeing what's going on for us. Yeah, just like breathe, right? (laughs) I, I also think about like reflecting upon what we hope to get or what we think we're going to get based on how much we are working. And some people might 
expect or think that we're going to make a good impression or get a promotion. But what you actually get is working 60, 80 hours to maybe have it not be noticed or maybe not getting the praise you're hoping for. Where are you actually putting that energy and are you going to get what you want out of that? And one thing I want to add, and this is something I see with clients all the time, not only not necessarily getting the promotion or getting the recognition, but also getting more work. Because if you are always working so much more and doing all this time outside of your office hours to get things done, and your bosses don't necessarily know that, what they're seeing is how productive you are and how able you are to complete everything. And they're, they might just give you more. So it can actually become this sort of self-defeating and self-destructive thing if we're really pushing ourselves beyond our capacity. And that leads me <laughs> to this other thought that I tell my clients a lot too, which is we all need to learn to say no because saying yes leads us down that path of constant, it's like that treadmill, right? It never ends. The more productive you are, the more people will give you to do. And when you start to think about like, okay, what would my future self want me to say in this situation? Should I commit to this? Should I say I'm going to go to three events in one night? Should I end my day at this time? And just being able to pause and think about what would be good for you, you know, because at some point your future self will be your present self, right? And (laughs) if you lock yourself into something now thinking like, oh, I'll figure it out, you know, by next week, just from personal experience, I know that it's never something that I regret if I say no to something. So during the height of the um, anti-Asian violence and all the awareness after the Atlanta shootings, there was so much stuff happening in therapist communities around offering healing circles and bystander intervention trainings. And us three working on bridges found ourselves, I think, committing to a lot of these, like going to breath workshops and healing circles, conducting them ourselves. And we all signed up for a particular meeting where it was (laughs) going to be something, I, I can't even remember exactly what it was. And it was on a Saturday and it just kind of by chance ended up being really beautiful on that day. And I can't remember who was first. I think it might've been you, Diana, but you said something yes. like, I'm kind of thinking about maybe not going to the training today. And meanwhile, in my head, I can only really speak from my perspective. I had been kind of dreading it. Not that I didn't think that it totally would have been beneficial and helpful, but that we spend so much time with our clients processing these things that what I felt I actually needed was just a step back and a break from all of it and giving myself the opportunity to go like ride a bike in the park. And when Diana said that, Christy and I were both like, oh, we kind of feel the same way. We want to do something outside. It's really, really nice out today. Do we want to be on a Zoom call for two hours? And it was sort of this unlock of like, oh, we could all just not go. And I think we all went out and we enjoyed our Saturdays and we were very happy for it. And and (laughs) although I'm sure the training was lovely, I don't necessarily regret not going. We think that like we have to do these things and there's so little we actually have to do in life. Yeah. And it's about like each time you have one of these experiences, like realizing like, oh, everything's okay. That person's fine. That person's not disappointed that I didn't go or isn't distraught over this, right? Holding on to that feeling of like, when I create space for myself, this is how joyful it feels. Mm -hmm. Like being able to hold that while you make decisions. No one gets an award for burning out. It actually benefits no one. 
It might temporarily benefit your boss or whoever is expecting a certain amount of productivity from you. But overall, once you burn out, you do less and you're not helping anyone. Sometimes it can feel like a badge of honor of like, oh, I'm working so hard or I've been up so late or I'm so burnt out. It actually serves nobody. And it's not fun also to be around people who are burnt out. And so just for the sake of society too, that there is so much good in doing the preventative steps and choosing rest and some fun when you're getting to the bottom of your bank account, as you mentioned. The other thing too, for our perfectionists out there is that maybe the first few times you try to say no to something, it will feel really inelegant, or maybe you did it too last minute, it feels really bad, but it's okay. (laughs) You know, you're going to mess up in the beginning. Like, oh, I probably should have said no to that last week when they asked me, but you know what? Say no anyway. And then each time you do it, it gets a little bit easier and you'll be able to start getting ahead of it. But I do think it's just important to get started. Well, I imagine we'll have much more to say about burnout and stress, our (laughs) ever-present companions in life. But thank you both for today. And maybe we'll wrap up here. Feel free to DM us at Bridges Mental Health on Instagram, and we'll be back. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.